Hi, Trinity family and friends. This is our daily meditation on 1 Peter. I'm Darian Lockett, and during these difficult times, we're looking at this letter written by the Apostle Peter to provide us with hope in our various trials and our suffering. And today we're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Let me pray before we read the scripture. Father, today we pray that you would give us insight into your word. Um, Fathers, we um, think about the things around us um, that we cannot control. Um, Father, help us to not be anxious. Um, at the same time, Lord, help us to be faithful. Help us to live in this moment, uh, not retreating from it, um, but um, living within it, um, loving others, um, and thinking about how a new identity that we have in Christ is put on display in moments just like this. So, Father, help us to understand your word um, and to also live in response to it. We pray for your Spirit's guiding. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, after the opening in chapter 1, verses 1 through 2, Peter then moves on to describe the theological identity of his readers. Um, That's all in the first part of the letter, from chapter 1, verse 3, all the way to chapter 2, verse 10. And in this part, because uh, Peter's readers, uh, because they have become exiles, their exile state is due to their elect status. They are out of place in what once was their home. Because they follow Christ now, Peter must remind his readers who they are as they live in the midst of the world during their exile. Listen to chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Peter says this, Dear friends, I urge you as strangers and exiles to abstain from sinful desires that wage war against the soul. Conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles, so that when they slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works and will glorify God in the day he visits. These two verses constitute the hinge around which the rest of the letter of 1 Peter turns. So there's a real transition here. In chapter 1, verse 3 through 2.10, Peter has been describing our new Christian identity, um, those who have been reborn into living hope, those who are living stones like their Savior. Uh, Then after this passage we just read, Peter moves on to a long section of instruction, chapter 2, verses 13 through 511. Peter talks about how we live out our new identity in Christ in the world around us. But this passage we're looking at today is the hinge between the two. It's it's a transition from our identity to our actions in Christ. And I want to share two ideas from verses 11 and 12 with you. First, new identity in Christ reorients our notion of home. And that's verse 11. Notice that Peter once again uses labels or nicknames here, and they're very similar to the ones he used in chapter 1, verse 1. There, he called us both exile and elect. Now, remember the idea of an oxymoron, a jumbo shrimp, or act naturally, uh, deafening silence. Um, Elect exile is an oxymoron like that. Peter is saying that Christians are both chosen and at the same time, we don't belong. We're selected by God, but we're not at home. Here in chapter 2, verse 11, Peter adds a third term, stranger, which describes someone who is a resident foreigner, like someone with a green card. Christians are chosen ones who, as a result, are exiles from our true home. We are resident aliens. Do you see what Peter's getting at? Our new identity in Christ reorients our notion of home. Usually we form our identity 
by understanding where we come from, our nationality, what language we speak, our family name, the relationships of honor and obligation to family, perhaps, um, even our choices of education, uh, school we go to, job, neighborhood we live in, all of those things shape our identity. But Peter is saying these means of identity formation are reorganized and reoriented by something much more primary and fundamental. Um, Our identity is in Christ. God's election, his choice of us, and his gracious work toward us in Christ renders us as exiles in the earthly city. Look at the end of verse 11. It says there, as exiles, abstain from sinful desires that wage war against the soul. Because of our new identity, Peter commands us to abstain from these sinful desires. Uh, In the ancient world, much like today, uh, people tended to assume that the more someone would gratify fleshly desires, the better. But Peter is saying that new identity in Christ leads to a new kind of life. We're no longer uh, to live just to satisfy our bodily desires. Rather, we've been given new life in Christ. Peter will go on to say in chapter 4 that there has already been enough time for you to spend uh, doing what the Gentiles choose to do. Those things we used to take comfort in, especially pampering every creaturely comfort or fleshly desire, is not the way to live any longer. In his famous political work, City of God, St. Augustine distinguishes between the city of God, on one hand, and the earthly city, or the city of man, on the other. These two cities, or societies, are marked by the standards by which they live. The earthly city lives by the standard of sinful desire, whereas the city of God lives by the Spirit. Now, it's interesting because Augustine says what ultimately distinguishes the two cities, the, the citizens in each city, is what they love. Augustine says this, We see, then, that the two cities were created by two kinds of love. The earthly city was created by self-love, reaching to the point of contempt for God. The heavenly city, by the love of God, carried as far as contempt of self. Citizens of the earthly city are distinguished by sinful desire, domination over others, control over circumstances, and even control over God. On the other hand, citizens of the city of God are pilgrims and foreigners who are very much out of place in this world. Therefore, to live as strangers and aliens means that our lives are going to be different morally from the lives of the people um, around us, um, different from lives that are shaped by the culture and values of this world. But Peter is stressing that the thing that shapes Christians the most is their new identity in Christ. This new identity means that the object of Christian love and desire is God alone. That is what makes us strangers and exiles here. A new love, a new desire for God, is what begins to transform our identity and our actions. We no longer identify ourselves by our earthly citizenship, but by our membership in the city of God. We know our true home by what our heart really desires. Love of God and others makes us citizens of the kingdom of God. So that's first. Second, though our home is in heaven, our mission is actually to the earthly city. This is in verse 12. Because our citizenship is now in the city of God, this does not mean we abandon the earthly city around us. Listen again to verse 12. Conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles. And there Peter means non-believers 
so that when they slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works and will glorify God on the day he visits. Notice that desire for God, that is, a love that realigns our loyalty to the city of God, leads to mission to the world around us. Rather than turning away from culture or condemning non-believers, we are to serve them by living out our identity in Christ before them. New identity in Christ demands mission. This mission is accomplished by living conspicuously good lives among the Gentiles, again, among unbelievers. This means setting aside our rights and submitting to ridicule, misunderstanding, and even suffering for the purpose of witness to the hope that now lives within us. The mission is costly, but Peter knows that given the bias of unbelievers against God, even the good that Christians do will be misunderstood and slandered. That's a possibility. Notice that the passage says when, not if, they slander you as evildoers. We should expect to face misunderstanding and opposition. How hard is it to continue doing good when you're misunderstood? And too often we live in such a way that we expect things to go our way. We expect to be understood. We expect that our motives and our intentions are known by others. But even this can become an idol. It could be like a living out of a sense of entitlement. Peter here is calling Christians with a new identity in Christ to live that identity out in front of a watching world and to be willing to do good and persist in it even when misunderstood. In fact, especially when misunderstood. Because it's at that point when a Christian patiently faces suffering or difficulty in the name of Christ, enduring in what is good, then a witness is seen by the world around us. This is how we begin to live out this new love, this new thing that God has done in us. We are citizens of a new city, and our identity as citizens in that new city is put on display as we live conspicuously among a non-believing watching world. I hope that encourages you to persist in doing what is good today.